Hey everyone! Oh, that sounded too excitable. Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Takeover where we bring our work friends to you. Today on the podcast, we have back again Kevin Nethercott, and this time he is actually interviewing one of his mentors, Miller. And we are so pumped for you to be able to hear more about his story, about Aero Leadership, where they both learned from and served with. It's a great conversation. So order a work friend sweater, get a sticker while you're at it, and enjoy today's episode. Oh, it's good to be here with uh, my good friend uh, Miller Alloway today. Uh, Miller uh, was my aero coach back in 2009 to 2011, which seems like a, a lifetime ago. And uh, we have continued uh, a coaching relationship, mentoring relationship, and a friendship um, since then. And uh, I look forward to the days ahead and what what God might have for that. But I really appreciate, Miller, you taking the time to drive up here to Listowel. Um, and you've done that many times, and I've been down your way in Nobleton, and I really enjoy coming to see you there. But thank you so much for for being a part of this today and telling us a little bit about yourself and getting to know you a little bit and a little bit about Arrow so the listeners can, can learn a little bit today more about uh, what happens there. But to start out with, I just have some really easy questions to ask you, just to, you know, fun questions to get to know you. So if you don't mind me asking you some real easy stuff um, to start with, here we go. Uh, what is your favorite meal? Probably my favorite meal would be steak and uh, a great big uh, fully loaded baked potato. Nice. And uh, some uh, young green peas. With, with lots of butter on them. Okay, nice. <laughs> and for the listeners, we're recording this at lunchtime, so my stomach is growling a little as I listen. That's great. Um, how would you spend a free day? Well, it, it depends sort of. That would be different year to year, but um, uh, up until a couple of years ago, my free day would probably be out on my motorcycle, and uh, I would just uh, not necessarily have a destination in mind. But if it was a lovely day, I would just keep riding until I got tired and thought I'd better go home for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, it probably now, um, a free day would be out on the water and okay. boating. So it, it um, we, we, uh, we have a boat that I trailer. And uh, so basically drop it in anywhere I want to and, uh, and spend the day on the water. So Awesome. Do you have a favorite spot to drop the boat? Uh, probably Georgian Bay. Okay. And uh, we've been up on Georgian Bay uh, for a number of years, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a favorite spot. Second, or it's probably, they're both equal, Muskoka Lakes. Muskoka Lakes, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I've, I've seen one of your old boats, but I haven't seen the, the newest one, and uh, yeah, I know that's something you're passionate about. That's very cool. Um, okay, this is getting a little more interesting here. Uh, if, you, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? I think sort of um, uh, off the top of my head, uh, the first I think would be C.S. Lewis. Mm. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I just, I appreciate uh, his, just his brilliant mind, but I appreciate uh, his writing and writings. And, uh, you know, screw tape Letters has always been a, a kind of a touchstone for me. Right. I, I love that book. Uh, Narnia, you know, Tales of Narnia, I've read them to the grandchildren and, and read them to our children. And, and uh, so I, I, I never get tired of, uh, of those books. Uh, Grief Observed, you know, just, just 
um, really discovering his life or learning about his life through his writings mm-hmm. and, and his personal journey. And uh, so that'll be one. The second, I guess, would be uh, Winston Churchill. I, I, okay. There's something about leadership under fire. Mm. And, and when I think of him and, and, you know, the war and being, mm. for, forget about under pressure, under attack mm-hmm. as a nation and, uh, and just his speeches and his encouragement and his, his, uh, his courage and, uh, and, and his leadership of, of an entire nation, um, I, I have great respect for that. And uh, so I, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. No, but I can I can certainly appreciate and resonate with uh, the outcomes. So right, it's great. Um, I guess a, a third would be um, Martin Luther, and and in part just the simplicity of of Martin Luther saying, as 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 uh, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, um, I can go directly to 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 God. And, and so it, it's kind of a, a, a very simple, natural um, avenue or venue, if you like. And so I, I can just pray directly. And mm-hmm. that, in fact, is what he asks us to do. Yeah. And so to, to move away from, from somebody who's in sort of in the middle, if I characterize it that way. I, I like the way um, Scripture says, you know, we, we've only got one mediator between God and, and me. And that is Jesus Christ. So I like to keep things simple, and I really, <laughs> I resonate with that. It's like, okay, God, here I am again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are three, uh, I would love to, to sit with you and listen to that lunch. Just three great choices. I love it. Um, a couple more here, Miller. Who's one of your heroes? Well, we're we're moving into sort of a conversation around arrow at some point, I think. Yep. And yep. the, it, it probably would be Leighton Ford. You know, hero is a, you know, I kind of have to be careful with that word, but in t- great admiration, great respect um, for, for Leighton and uh, for growing up the way he did and, and uh, just his life story, but his leadership, um, Aero leadership is thirty years old this year, but his yeah. his uh, his wow. decades of work with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association mm-hmm. and the international huge international crusades that he led all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hero is, is you know someone you, you were, uh, <laughs> admire greatly. Have I a lot admire, of respect for. I admire him greatly and have deep respect for him. Yeah, maybe a better word. That's good. That's good. Where's the best place you've been to? New Zealand. Okay, what's what did you love about New Zealand? It's a bit like going coast to coast in Canada in, in an in an encapsulated space of time. Okay. And I've I've uh, I've been privileged to ride motorcycles over New Zealand oh half a dozen times. Okay. At least so I've ridden around most of the North Island and South Island and and uh, there are a few roads I didn't get on but. Uh, you know, in six trips there for usually about three weeks at a time, yeah. um, we could do a lot of riding. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's unbelievably beautiful, mm. and it mm-hmm. changes the the scenery, the topography. It changes so quickly. Okay. Um, 
So, you, you know, you can be riding through desert, you can you know, rainforests and tropical conditions and mountains, uh, glaciers, you, you, you name it. It's, it's, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great description. Like our country, just in a smaller space. In like a smaller a space. It changes really quickly. But That's... the indescribable beauty. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. I mean, we ever all you can mm-hmm. see you yeah. want beauty, just <laughs> watch, watch watch those the, movies. Watch those movies, yeah. Yeah. Um, last uh last question uh out of the gate here. What's your favorite uh characteristic of God or or one of them? I know you probably have many, but what's one that you can think of today and uh we'll continue our conversation from there. I would say it's simple, and that would be love, unconditional love. Mm. And and um, I, um, in 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 spite of in spite of me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't pretend to be terribly lovable, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but God loves me. Yeah, and yeah. and that's His character. Mm-hmm. And so, as we all know, nothing I can do will make Him love me any more, and nothing I can do will make Him love me any less. Yeah. God is love. Yeah, and again, being yeah. simple, the simple truth of Scripture: God is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know, as I've got to know you over these twelve years, um, I've seen that in your life, and you've modeled that for me. And I know you do that for lots of leaders. Um, so yeah, this is a—it's been a privilege, like we've talked about over the years, uh, to to be able to to spend time together and talk about the things of the Lord and talk about leadership, talk about life. Um, so thank you for all of that. And as we transition, I want people to, to hear a little bit about the Aero Leadership Program today. And obviously you're heavily invested in that. Um, you were my leadership partner um, and my leadership has grown much from, from when, when I got started at Aero in 2009. Um, Maybe as we transition to talking about Arrow, can you tell us a little bit about your family and working career before being a part of Arrow Leadership, and then we'll get to to Arrow Leadership. So, how did what did you do in your working career, and then uh, a little bit about your family? Working career, um, sort of simply encapsulated, is a number of years of doing corporate financial writing, and uh, positioned as a a uh, consultant. Corporate mm-hmm. communication and marketing consultant. So we worked with uh, a wide range of, of uh, companies and major corporations to uh, to assist in their communication objectives, achieving those. Okay. Um, the corporate and financial writing. I mean, I would write everything from uh, scripts, video scripts, to uh, uh, annual reports, to executive speeches, and so it was in anything that needed writing. Um, I love writing, and and uh, it it uh, certainly was was uh, many, many years of, of being able to, to do that uh, on behalf of our corporate clients, and it was a lot okay. of fun. Awesome. Um, I also, I, I, uh, by profession, I guess, would be a lawyer, and so uh, I retired but uh, <laughs> for a while. But uh, last position was in as corporate counsel with uh, family, family businesses um, in the graphic arts. And so I did that for a number of years, and, and my role there was primarily to sell the companies in Canada and the U.S., and so okay. it took me many years, and I, I finally worked myself out of a job because there were no more companies left. <laughs> so okay. so, uh, so that's sort of the, uh, the, the career path. That's so interesting. 
Yeah. And I know you're passionate about it. I know every time we uh, talk about, you know, what what led you to what you do now and you talk about that, it is so interesting to hear stories and, and to see you uh, share um, and just what you were able to contribute um, was amazing. And I know you have a great family. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about that family that kind of walked that path with you as you did that work? Um, let, let me just back up. I'll, I'll answer that question, but let me back up. As well, in the background, I had sort of dual responsibilities, particularly coming up through the family, and uh, that was I was the full-time administrator for a number of years with a family foundation, a mm. Christian Canadian charitable foundation. Okay. And so I continue with that role today, right. but that uh, that spans several decades, and so I've been a trustee for, uh, for I was going to say forever, but for a number of years. Okay. And uh, so that also was a privilege. So I was able to engage with a significant number of, of uh, Christian charities and the ministries and churches, denominations, and, and uh, so ministries like Youth for Christ, yes, <laughs> Unlimited. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that was a privilege as well. So that was uh, just kind of, uh, again, a bit of a parallel track mm-hmm. and, and uh, being able to... Uh, to enjoy those responsibilities as well as my uh, my work, particularly as the uh, as the announced corporate counsel. Okay. Family, we have two daughters. Uh, they are. Uh, I'm not supposed to mention ages. They're mature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I we, feel that we we have nine we have nine grandchildren. Uh, one of our daughters has six. The other has three, and uh, wow. they both live. Oh, within about an hour and 20 minutes of our home. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, pre-COVID, we were able to see them fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two years, give or take, we've uh, it's, it's been a little more intermittent and uh, much mm-hmm. more careful. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we can have driveway uh, driveway conversations, front porch conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great outdoors. The great outdoors. And I know that uh, when you talk about the boat and, and spending time, that's something that you like to do with them when you can. Oh, I absolutely love it. And of course, they love it. So uh, they, uh, you know, they set records for the number of hours that you can be on a tube behind a boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun thing to do with grandpa at the wheel. Well, well, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, I never drive the boat in such a way that they might fall off. Right. But, uh, you know, it has happened occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I, I won't say regularly, but occasionally. No, that uh, is... My wife Terry, we met uh, met actually in university days, and and uh, we didn't. Um, I went off to work and and school, and she went off to work, and we uh, got back together probably about oh six years after we we'd met. Okay. And we've uh, we've just crossed our forty seventh wedding anniversary, so uh, we're. Uh, we know 47. we know each other pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. So thank you. That's fantastic. And I know uh, um, at your property there, you have a nice setup for you guys. Uh, and and Terry is a passion for dogs and she works does. in that. And it's it's been great to hear you talk about that over the years that you support that and try and help out when you can. But it's pretty. It's a big commitment. Yeah, it is a big commitment. I'm I'm the the president of her fan club, um, and, and, and <laughs> well, that's I, good. I don't share the extent of her passion for dogs. 
Right. <laughs> but uh, but I am heavily involved uh, with the with the kennel side of things and and yeah. uh, you know doing things together and and uh, she's been breeding and showing dogs for about thirty two years. Wow. And uh, continues to do very well in both Canada and the United States. So, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. At, uh, and that's a great passion for her. And and uh, with our move to recent move this year to our other property, mm-hmm. um, she has an amazing kennel. So she's excited it, uh, about that. She's excited about that, and I think the dogs are 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 much happier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a chance to see the the location, and it is a great setup. So. Um, that's great. I, I, I love the fact that you can share that together, even though, like you said, it's not, you know, the passion for dogs isn't the same, but you can be a great support and, and, uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic that you guys can do some of that stuff together. Well, Miller, uh, I want to dig in a little bit here to, to arrow leadership. And, uh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what the program's about and how God directed you to become involved in it. Let me kind of go way back to uh, when I was growing up. Uh, Mom and Dad were very, very good friends with Leighton and Jeannie Ford. Um, I don't know if people, if the name Leighton Ford is well known in the Canadian context, but he he uh, was and is a Canadian evangelist, Canadian uh, born and raised okay. um, evangelist, and... Um, so through the family friendship, I remember going back early in my growing up years, uh, my parents and others got together and, and uh, Leighton and Jeannie came up to, uh, to Ontario and they did the first ever sort of Canadian evangelistic crusade, Leighton Ford okay. evangelistic crusade. Okay. So I've known Leighton, who was the founder of the Air Leadership Program. I've, I've known Leighton as, as just a family friend and a personal friend for... Uh, a long time. Okay. And uh, so it, when, when uh, so uh, mom and dad, of course, would keep in touch with the things that Leighton was doing. And so we were able to come alongside, and they in particular were able to come alongside and, and, uh, and, and partner with him and invest in the various uh, aspects of ministry that he was undertaking, including moving up into the Aero Leadership Program, which he put together in 1991. Okay. And uh, so that's that's sort of the the history and the background to it. Um, so that was the, the sort of the, the the big picture relationship with Aero Leadership, right? Uh, when it moved from the U.S. Uh, up to Canada, and it came under the leadership of Brenda and Carson Pugh. Uh, Brenda was the first sort of leader of the of the Aero Leadership program in Canada, and Carson um, came on board probably within about twenty four months. He was he was working with the Chuck Swindoll Insight for Living, so, okay. um, so and then he transitioned over to be full time with Errol. Right. Um, they um, Carson in particular. I mean, we were supporting them, uh, uh, continuing to support the ministry um, uh, year to year. But um, Carson, I guess it was year two thousand, uh, said, "Will you come on the board?" And so that was. Uh, that was a more formal relationship with Arrow. Right. Prior to that time, I had been spending a lot of time with Carson and traveling with him, um, primarily meeting with with investors and donors. Okay. Um, uh, doing some recruitment for some leaders for the program, and um, and just traveling and meeting ministry leaders. And uh, Carson, being Irish, we did have a few trips to Ireland as part of that. Uh, part of that. <laughs> as part of that. <laughs> Process. Yes. yes. 
Um, so that's how I became involved with it. And, uh, and then moving into um, to being asked to be a leadership partner with the program, uh, that was, um, I guess, 2001. So it's been 20 years. Wow. that has so been a great privilege. Um, but you asked me about the Aero Leadership Program, which I didn't answer the question. Um, Leighton was doing evangelistic crusades globally. And um, he, uh, his son, Sandy, was competing. He was a gifted athlete competing in a track meet and uh, dropped on the track, literally, and he died on the operating table of a heart arrhythmia. And uh, wow. so that was in the late 80s. And so that was a tragedy that touched um, Leighton and Jeannie's life. Mm-hmm. Leighton, probably over the space of a, at least a couple of years, felt the call of God to move from mass evangelism to, to shifting to invest, as he would characterize it, invest in a few for the sake of the many. And so he looked at younger leaders, and he'd been doing that for years, of course, and mentoring younger leaders. Okay. But he, he felt the call of God to start the Aero Leadership Program to invest in leaders so that they, in turn, could, could impact uh, the broader, uh, broader uh, audiences and, and many more people. And so that's what we did, M- wow. much like Jesus' strategy of choosing 12 disciples and, and, and journeying with them and, and, and uh, teaching them and ministering with them. Right. And then uh, look, at, look at where we are today in terms of Christendom and, and uh, you know, coming out of the, the 12, the 12 uh, disciples, apostles that he chose. Mm. So... So that was the background of the Aero Leadership Program, and it, okay. and, uh, it started in the states, and then, as I said, it moved to Canada in uh, 1996. Okay, and it's been it's been North American based, but the the primary leadership has been out of Canada. Okay, and I know Steve Brown is the president at at this time, and Steve was the program director when I took Aero. Right, and uh, I'm I'm so thankful for the opportunity to go through the program and and as you use the word invested investment, uh, having people like yourself and and others invest in my life, I know has made a huge difference, a huge impact as I lead others, um, and I'm constantly uh, saying that the arrow motto of. Uh, trying to sharpen the arrow and and uh, and and focus in on what Jesus is asking me to do uh, led more by Jesus lead more like Jesus lead more to Jesus and I I it's a lifelong commitment that that I have and so I'm so thankful for all of this uh, so thanks for giving us a bit of a background it, it's very rich because it's not just, a program that you've been a part of. It's a family that you've been a part of and and you got to see this grow from ground zero and now to be a part of it 20 some years later and 30 some years later, uh, but but 20 some years later up here in Canada. And we, I'm very thankful for that. Can you describe uh, for our listeners your role as a leadership partner? Because that, that was probably one of the most impact, impactful parts of the program for me to be assigned to you who I didn't know at all when we started yeah. and to start getting to know you and and then to walk along for that 18 to 24 months uh, when I initially got to know you. So tell me about about that and what that's like as you lead as a leadership partner. What do you what is that all about and what kind of goes on behind the scenes of leading 
uh, a new person. Um, what is that like? What, what's that all about? Well, one of the things that, that is an integral part, we call it the DNA of the Aero Leadership Program, uh, is, is having a leadership partner who's, uh, who is assigned to, uh, or leaders, if you like, are assigned to a leadership partner during their Aero journey. Right. Um, a few things about leadership partners. Uh, we all volunteer, and it's always been that way. And okay. uh, the, generally speaking, leadership partners uh, journey with three leaders, up to three leaders in a particular class, in a particular cohort. Um, leadership partners are from all walks of life. Um, it's not as if we we recruit from churches, for example, exclusively. There are some pastors. Uh, there are a number of people in business. Uh, there are people from uh, um, parachurch ministries and Christian uh, church ministries. Uh, and and so, you know, teachers, educators, it, it, the the over the years, like the the uh, the cast of leadership partners is is a wide wide range, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the the primary goal and our primary desire is to journey with leaders during their time at Arrow and beyond. I mean, you and I have gone off the end of the Arrow program for a few years, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and that that's pretty common with most of the leadership partners. But we want to journey with an Arrow leader as as the leader. Um, at, engages with the program, but particularly at the front end when uh, people have described it as kind of a deep dive, but it's a very, um, it, it's a very deep look um, by a leader into his or her life. And so at the front end uh, of the arrow journey, there's, there's a, an assessment process. Right. And so historically we used up to, you know, sometimes five or six different assessment instruments and the leadership partner will begin the journey with a leader as, as reviewing, going through those leadership assessments uh, with the leader, and including a 360 degree. Um, so it, it, um, it, it was, it, you know, we, we really kind of get to know each <laughs> other um, and, and, uh, and journey together. Um, For sure. Our desire as leadership partners is, is simply to, to see a leader grow, uh, in their faith and in their journey and their walk, and and to see them transformed mm. um, as as they uh, as they learn more, not only about themselves, but but learn learn more about leadership uh, mm-hmm. through the Air Leadership Program and uh, the various modules, uh, training modules that are part of that program. Right. So um, we we've been described as a coach slash mentor. Um, it's probably a pretty good description. Uh, th- those two generally go back and forth together. But uh, we, we meet uh, monthly with the leaders, and we basically journey with them and, and uh, uh, their, their marriages, their family, their kids, their ministries. Yep. And, and uh, that's, been, that's been a real privilege uh, over the years to, uh, to be able to, to journey with the leaders as part of the Aero program. Mm-hmm. And I certainly appreciated that through all different circumstances of my life. I, you've journeyed along, and I appreciate that uh, you're there to listen, um, you're there to care, you're there to challenge, and encourage. And and you've done those things, and uh, uh, it means a lot. And and it's it's exciting uh, to have a voice from outside your your normal sphere of voices. Uh, that might be mentors in your life. And, and that meant a lot to me too, and still does. Right. Um, 
so what what is one of the greatest joys and one of the greatest challenges you experience as being a leadership partner as you take that deep dive with people uh a great joy and a great challenge as you do that the greatest joy i think is fairly easy it's just getting to know another person at a very deep and intimate level and and we we move into what i would characterize as as a soul friendship mm. uh they they're they're just whatever wherever our conversations lead us um in response to uh to both the the issues and the challenges that the leader wants to to raise and then of course as leadership partners we ask some fairly hard questions in <laughs> in terms of in terms of of uh, of a leader's journey and how that's going and and uh we have a number of different areas we kind of look at right uh, together and and uh so that's that's uh, critical there's uh, complete vulnerability complete transparency i know those words are are used sometimes somewhat glibly but the role of a leadership partner in journeying with a leader, particularly for the length of time that we do uh, through the Aero program, uh, you really get to know each other, and and uh, so that's a great joy. And and to see to, to see leaders grow and mature and be transformed in terms of their leadership, and uh, and and how they they get excited about the things that they they're learning and and then are able to apply mm-hmm. in their ongoing leadership. Um, yeah, that one. I don't know, one of the greatest joys and one of the greatest challenges. I I want to be careful as to how I how I describe this as kind of a challenge. Um, it, it would be the challenge where I feel very strongly about um, recommending or, or encouraging a leader to move forward in a particular direction or in terms of a decision-making process or whatever it might be mm-hmm. under the broad heading of their leadership. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, um, they don't they don't embrace that quite as fully as I might <laughs> want them to embrace it. And uh, so, uh, so you know, with great respect for their their independent thinking and for their own wisdom and whatever, I watch them perhaps move into move down a path or move into areas where I'm th- thinking quietly that mm-hmm. that might not be the best. Uh, b- best pathway for them to take at this particular time, usually of their leadership, mm-hmm. um, and then flip back to the joys. Sometimes it's it's where they they quickly come to the realization that some of the decisions that they've made um, were, were probably not the best decisions, and so they they do a one one eighty degree turn and uh, <laughs> come back, and you go, yeah, well, I kind of hoped you'd end up here, <laughs> and and, and uh, so we kind of embrace it together and and, and move forward. Mm-hmm. But it's not my wisdom. It's it's just sometimes it's just an experience that I've mm-hmm. I've I've had, and and my 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 joy in a sense is saying, listen, uh, let me tell you about what what I did, some of the decisions mm-hmm. I made, and what some of the outcomes and consequences were, and and my heart goes out to you and say, please don't ever you know mm-hmm. move down sort of those those pathways and and in those directions. Um, yeah, and it's kind of teaching with a story, and I I know uh, you've you've often done that with me when we're talking about something that that I've come to you and I'm asking you about in my own life, uh, a leadership decision, maybe something here at at Youth for Christ, um, and and you'll share a, an experience that you had, and and then relate it back to to my life. I think that helps a lot. Um, because it, 
it shows me the application of what you did and it may not be exactly the same in my experience but it gives me opportunity um, and I'm talking about interpersonal relationships I'm talking about you know doing a capital campaign because in our time together we've yeah. we've done that uh, on a small level two or three times here even in YUYFC North Perth and so having your experience and and hearing you talk uh, help guide me as to what to do and what not to do um, and then yeah like you said we still make our own decisions but it was very helpful to have that um, whether it was uh, you know personnel conversations or whether it was you know building and structures and and infrastructures and all of that kind of stuff so I guess I was really fortunate to have someone that is interested and invested in those kind of things to walk with me God knew what what I needed and so thank you for doing those things um, and and as you look at the future. So we've talked about Arrow and, and we've talked about your roles, um, both on the board and as a leadership partner. As you look at the future, what is one important aspect of leadership that will help leaders survive and thrive in these challenging days we live? Um, we Time, if we look back, we see lots of challenges for leaders. You've named a few, Lewis, Churchill, and uh, Martin Luther. And, and as we look ahead, we see challenges, and they might be different than what those, those men faced, those people faced. But what, what challenges do you, do you see that leaders might be facing in the future? And uh, how, how can we help those leaders survive and thrive in, the, in these challenging days? Well, it, it seems almost trite to say that one of the biggest challenges currently is uncertainty. And uh, because, in a sense, there's always been a level of uncertainty as leaders have, have led into business and commerce and ministry and churches. And, um, but we seem to, the, 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 the volume's been, uh, been ramped up pretty, pretty loud these days in terms of, of uh, dealing with the, the uncertain dimensions of our, our current uh, global pandemic mm-hmm. and, and how that impacts leadership um, just... At, at the interpersonal level in terms of leaders leading, uh, leading and engaging with their staff and their staff teams to, uh, you know, pastors and church leaders uh, trying to lead their, their uh, community of faith uh, right. in, in a way that, that, that uh, preserves unity. <laughs> right, yes, <laughs> and, yes. And, and models love and, and, and a lot of those things. So uh, mm. that, um, that, that's something. I think an important aspect of leadership, too, is is naming and facing fear the the fear of moving forward and and moving across to trust to absolute trust in in God that that he knows what's going on he can see the future he is there i mean mm. in proverbs tells us to trust and don't don't uh, try to lean on on our own understanding which right. uh, is uh, can, can be uh, fraught with peril as a lawyer would say um, so, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, in all our ways to, to kind of lean and to trust and, and he'll show us which path to take. And, um, the paths I think today are not as clear as perhaps historically they were there, there, there's a lot more ambiguity and a, and a lot yes. more uncertainty and there are a lot yes. more choices and decision-making and, and, uh, 
people people are responding differently, I think, too, and out, out of fear and out of an uncertainty and, and looking at a future that none of us really understand uh, to, to the level or to the degree that we could historically. Right. And uh, so... Um, the other aspect of, of leadership would be um, um, flexibility or adaptability. Uh, one of the arrow modules at the executive level is, is on the adaptive leader. And uh, we've just come through that with the executive arrow program uh, um, a number of weeks ago. And uh, that's, that's uh, something to, uh, to encourage leaders uh, in terms of, of thinking about, reflecting on, reading about, and, and mm. pursuing. Mm. So... The adaptive leader. The adaptive leader. The adaptive leader. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are some good words. And uh, I think uh, you said uh, a time like no other, and you talked about a lot of different choices that people have to make. The paths aren't as clear as maybe they once were. And I, I, I see that. I think it creates a lot of anxiety in students and people in general in the culture. Mm-hmm. Outside of the pandemic, some of that stuff was happening, and we just live in a different uh, different world, and information is at our fingertips. Um, that, you know, when I was a kid or a young adult, I couldn't access or couldn't find, or it was very difficult. Yep. Whereas now I can go on here and ask Google something, and we can have some information. Um, it's just very different. So I, I think what you're saying is good. And, uh, I was talking to some other leaders today and I think that those, those things you said about, you know, being willing to adapt and, and, uh, the need for that and, and just recognizing the stress that people are facing, um, and, and being honest about that, like some diving deep conversations are, are very helpful to to walk forward um so we need to be invested in that with the leaders of of the future and the leaders of now um yeah yeah and 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 i think that the opportunities to encourage one another it it doesn't in in these you know in these days this time it doesn't take very much to speak words of encouragement into somebody else's life right and and uh, and we all need it because we we all (laughs) We we all can easily become fearful and and, and anxious and uh, scared, yeah, of of what what's going to come next uh, as things change and shift so quickly, yeah, and uh, in in a way that impacts our our day to day living, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, we a lot of things I mean, we just can't see them coming, and so we have to to uh, be be ready and be prepared to try to respond as best we're able. Yeah, no, that's good. I yeah. like that encouragement, and I, I think uh, um, that when we do that, we 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 uh, bring a sense of peace to people, and and I think that's something that people need, leaders need, every one of us needs, is a sense of peace in our life, in the in the space that le- that we're living. Um, wow, these are some good things. Thank you, Miller. Um, as we as we go to the conclusion here, what would you say to a young leader who is considering taking a next step in training, um, and what would you say to them about Arrow, um, the that leader that's you know maybe thinking I need to take a step and grow in my leadership, uh, what can I do? Um, 
what would you say to that leader about, uh, hey, you should consider the Aero Leadership Program? Well, recognizing that, that every leader leads from the inside out, um, the, the, the Aero Program will, will enable a, a, a leader uh, very quickly to really get in touch with themselves, to take a very long, hard, honest, deep, scary no, uh, look, <laughs> yeah. look, look at themselves, and right. that's part of the arrow journey. Mm-hmm. We, we call it, sometimes we use the expression freeing up, but taking a look at the past, taking a look at their life, and, and if there's anything there that they need some freeing up from, um, again, with the leadership partner and with the leaders and, and the trainers, work through that with the leader. Um, so it's, it's uh, as I said, I think earlier, um, you know, we, it's been described as kind of a deep dive, but it's a deep internal dive, mm-hmm. recognizing that, you know, character and call and competencies and the things that are, are part, of a, part of a leader's life and ministry, they're very, very important. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, in terms of the Aero program, they're going to be led through that. They'll also, frankly, they, a number of the Aero leaders call it their toolkit. Uh, right. Because there are... An, a, a wide range of modules, as we call them, from trainers, trainer practitioners. So these are these are not academics. These are trainers who, who are, are living out um, every every word in essence that they're they're sharing with uh, with an arrow class. Absolutely. Um, so um, the trainer practitioners. So they're going to get a a, a lot of um, a lot of information, but also knowledge based on the experience of the trainers. Right. And. Um, so that that's good. One other thing too is is encourage every leader when they come into a cohort or a class, uh, they can learn from the other leaders who they're journeying with. Mm. And so again, an element of the leadership program is uh, leadership clusters, as they're called. And so we intentionally put three or four, sometimes five leaders together, and they journey together in in a very very deep and intimate um, and, and and way of developing a very deep relationship and friendship among themselves. So uh, they do a lot of peer-to-peer mentoring and, and uh, some, you know, conversations, problem solving and all sorts of things. But they also encourage one another. Yes. And so that's... Um, um, so about the program, um, I'm, I'm horribly biased. <laughs> um, so my, my, my biased comment is you absolutely have to engage in the Aero program. And and uh, your your life will never be the same. <laughs> I I fully fully am a, a testament to that absolutely. And I I think that um, I think the the deep dive into your into looking at your own self is is a, a good description. And then and then how to live out your leadership from there. And uh, yeah, I I definitely see that. So if you're if you're looking for um, someone to, to walk along with you and, and challenge you and, and put some more tools in the toolbox, uh, for, from some, uh, very competent and compassionate, uh, uh, practitioners. Um, this, this could be a, uh, something that you should invest in, something that you should take a look at. Um, and I know, uh, that's been something really important in my life. And I, I get to hear Miller, you talk, uh, about different experiences and leaders coming from different backgrounds and different walks of life. And uh, I love that, that you get to bring these groups of people together. And I have a, 
I have a friend who's involved in the the business entrepreneurship uh, Aero program. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things uh, that Aero offers. We have some YFC people involved in uh, a sharpening leaders initiative, and I I'm just excited that as as I've seen Aero move forward since I graduated. People have been uh, doing some different things to expand the reach of encouraging leaders uh, in different walks of life, as as I said. So yeah. you you touched earlier on the the because it, it um, <clears throat> arrow was birthed out of the heart of an evangelist. The arrow confession, as it's referred to, is to be led more by Jesus, to lead more like Jesus, mm-hmm. and to lead more to Jesus. And so when people say, describe the Aero Leadership Program, it is Jesus-centered leadership. Mm-hmm. And Steve Absolutely. Brown, who you referenced earlier as the president uh, of Aero, he's written two books. The first one was Leading Me, and uh, the, the subscript would be, um, you know, you're your own um, greatest leadership challenge. <laughs> but, but, uh, but his most recent one is Jesus-centered Mm-hmm. And that certainly has been been uh, widely received globally, literally globally, by ministries and, and denominations and organizations. And uh, so that's the heart of of the Aero Leadership Program. Steve, yeah. Steve sometimes will yeah. say, there's lots of leadership programs, and there's lots of good leadership wisdom. And Aero embraces that from, right. from articles and books and reading and so forth. But in, in many of the kind of leadership um Programs, I use that word carefully. Uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus may be at the back of the room. I'm, I'm now quoting Steve, or or he may not be in the room, kind of at all. Right. As, as and so with uh, when it comes to arrow leadership, he is very much in the room. Very much, absolutely. <laughs> and everything is Jesus centered. Yeah, and I and I appreciate that, and I appreciated it when I was in the program, and I know if I recommend it to someone, that's uh, what it's going to be, and. Uh, Thank you for, for highlighting that. Well, as we get right to the end here, last question, and, and I, I, uh, I'm I a student of uh, being on a podcast here. The girls are, are much better at it than me. Ainsley and Jen, they, they uh, do a great job. But I, I think we've done okay today, um, and I really have enjoyed our time. Um, last question, and this is one that they use all the time. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've been given? I'm going to say um, self-care, and, and in error we talk about soul care as well. Right. Um, and that's probably the best piece of advice that I have ignored most often <laughs> 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 yeah. over, over you know, m- most of my life. But, but to be very, very careful about taking care of yourself, um, good habits, rest, which is critical, um, um, good eating habits, um, exercise, physical care, but also the soul care, making sure that, that you, you are, are very careful to, to, um, uh, to make sure that your, your faith is alive and well and, 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 and continually grounded mm. in, in Jesus. It, it's as simple as that. Um, and, uh, and to reach out, and, and the, the other piece of advice is lean into and embrace community. Mm. Mm-hmm. Relationships are absolutely critical to to our journey for all of us. Yeah, and so uh, that's one of the the first things that I know Dr. Steve Brown uh, uh, will will tell the Arrow class. You have a choice: you can lean out of community, or you can lean into community. 
and uh, encourages all of the Euro leaders to lean into community. Mm, I like those two things. Well, thanks so much, uh, Miller, for taking the time to uh, have this conversation. Uh, listeners, I hope that uh, that you've been uh, encouraged today. I hope you've been challenged. Uh, whether, whether you're considering an adventure like Aero Leadership or not, some very amazing things have come out of this conversation. And, and right, right at the end here, uh, soul care, um, so important, and leaning into community. And, and you use the word choice. Uh, we, have, we have choices to make about these things. And so lean into soul care. I would, I would encourage you to do that and, and lean into community. And uh, so... Thank you so much, Miller. Um, I look forward to uh, our conversations continuing into the future. And And myself as well. (laughs) Yeah. Take care, listeners, and have a great day, whatever you're doing. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up. So if you don't want to miss a Monday episode, subscribe or follow or whatever on whichever podcast platform you're on. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Just Work Friends. And uh, yeah, keep up with all the good stuff. So until next Monday. (laughs) Bye.